Hi, I'm Tracy. I'm April. And, and this, this is Killer Spirits. Episode 25, which means we are at a quarter century of episodes. <laughs> we are, uh, I know there's like a name for it. Quarter century. Yeah, but it's like a, you know, there's like a single name. Oh, you mean like centennial except yeah. for 25? Not like biennial something. Quadrennial? Like sure. <laughs> I don't fucking know. We don't know what we're talking about. Welcome to our show. <laughs> Aren't you glad you're here? Uh (laughs) I am loving our drink today, which we keep drinking. Oh my God, it's so fucking good. It's so good, but so weird because it wasn't the intentional plan. No. So we started with one plan and went to another plan because guess what? You can't always get fruit if it's not a season. It's something we learned. I know. (laughs) I just thought like, you know. show up. We're in the first world, baby. (laughs) I just thought we could get anything we wanted whenever we it's, wanted. You can't. So yeah. we went to Sprouts. We're like, can you tell? Can you show me the figs? And, and the produce wizard. The produce wizard, who was like super genius and like super calm, was like, well, let me explain to you about figs <laughs> and how we only get them this time of year. And and I'm making him sound condescending, but he actually wasn't at all. He was super nice. Um, and he's like, and they just, he was actually really cute because he's like, I don't know, man. They just like show up sometimes. We don't even order them. <laughs> I was like, okay, they're okay. Not, they haven't shown up right now. And he's like, nope, not That's for a not while. Terribly helpful for me, <laughs> sir. So we pivoted, as they say, and instead of using fresh figs today, we used fig preserve. And actually, I think it worked out just fine. You know what? It, yeah, because we were going to use dry figs. Don't do that. They looked weird. They looked like old balls. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen a lot of old balls? No. <laughs> Just what I would imagine they would look like. Just like wrinkly and they were and they were like flesh and color. off color. <laughs> they were just like, You're I mean, right. Was, That's why. I was carrying around the package and I'm like, you know, I'm just I can't do it. And then you showed them to me and I was like, those don't look incredibly appetizing. <laughs> no. You just put those down. Yeah. So we did not use the dried no. figs that look like old man balls. We decided <laughs> to use the fig preserve, which according to the label was hand picked. Mm. So that's what we use today. And actually, I need to pull up my recipe because I've already forgotten. <clears throat> yeah, I'm very done. impressed with this drink and how it turned out. And I'm also very impressed with the glassware that we're having today. So yes, go to Instagram and look at the picture of this fucking drink because it's beautiful. Yeah, please go follow us on Instagram, Killer Spirits Pod. And yeah, I said that on our uh, we do videos every week for our Patreon members and we'll make the full drink for you. Um it, I'm sometimes a hot mess, but it's, <laughs> but hey, come be a hot mess with it me. It is what it is, you know. But I was talking about on that video today that on Etsy, if you want some fun stemware or, you know, glasses, go to Etsy because Dude. it's almost like going to a thrift store, but a huge one, but not. Yeah. You, and you can search exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. I want pink coupe, coupe glasses. And then a gazillion will pop up and there. Some are exorbitantly priced. So you just skip past those. Yeah. Some and, of them are wild. Yeah. And then some of them are just like you've gone to the thrift store mm-hmm. and a lot of them have free shipping. So anyway, I just wanted to say that Yeah, these are like so 
just nicely colored. They're, they're like a good blush. shape. They're stout. They're stout. <laughs> they're just shorties. Yeah. No, they're, they're perfect. Very cute. All right. So our drink today. We're using an egg white again because we're obsessed. Hey, yo. <laughs> so, but, you know, it gives it that nice froth and the flavor. So I went ahead and used, instead of the real figs, like I said, we used fig jam. And I think I want to use, I, I think I want to use, <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I think I used about three teaspoons. Which I thought was going to be a lot and it, actually no. ended up perfect. Yeah, it wasn't. I was going to use two, but I'm like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, it's Sunday. Let's use three. Let's be wild over here. Let's get crazy so, with the jam in here. So I used three teaspoons of the jam. I just put it in the bottom of my shaker glass. Then on top of that, I used um, two. This is for two drinks, by the way. Four ounces of bourbon, two ounces of lemon juice, one ounce of honey syrup, which is basically just like honey simple syrup. Put some equal parts honey and water boil the shit out of it i feel like it gave it, it a, a unique flavor too yeah it really did and then one egg white and then you're gonna dash the shit out of it with some bitters oh yeah because that's what this episode is about today the it's bitter about bitter betrayal. betrayal and that is also what our drink is called bitter betrayal so first of course dry shake it if you haven't learned that from us yet <laughs> when you have the egg froth white, it up y'all froth it up dry shake it then put your ice in it and i think i I dry shaked. I dry shaked twice, actually, because yeah. I started to dry shake with just the preserves, which was actually a good idea because it helped break it up a little bit. Then I put the egg white in, dry shaked more. Then I put the ice in, and then I really shook it. And then you could double strain, but we didn't even double strain. I don't think it needs it. I mean, it's got some fig seeds, but the, whatever. There wasn't a lot, but you can double strain it so you don't have any. It's very clear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just put it in your beautiful new coupe glass. And it tastes delicious. It's it's not overly sweet. Oh, yeah. And we garnish with two cherries. And I was saying that the bourbon that I have, which I bought that bourbon thinking that it was going to be... It's good. Good. Because I didn't have any Buffalo Trace. That's what I usually buy. Mm. But as you see, I'm almost out. So I went to replenish and they didn't have any. So I tried that agitator, which is the bourbon... That's aged in or finished in red wine barrels. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, not the biggest fan of it. It's too spicy. It's not wasn't what I'm looking for. Yeah, but in a drink like this, it it's works fine. perfect. Yeah, we had some adventures today though because we also tried to find gold leaf because I really wanted to put gold leaf on top of this drink. The things we do for you guys. <laughs> so anyway, we went to Michael's. I wanted to put gold leaf on the top. They didn't have gold leaf. They had very little of anything, really. It was weird. Well, I thought I was buying gold dust because I was going. Now, this is a great idea. And I still stand by this idea, even though oh, I didn't get yeah, to do absolutely. it. Absolutely. Take the cherries, dry them off, roll them in the little gold dust powder. It would be so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Sprinkle it on the top. But alas, when I got home, it was not gold powder. It was brown. It looked terrible. <laughs> it looked like cocoa powder. Yeah. So we didn't use that. I'm like, what's the fucking point of this? But anyway, you could get rid of the, like I said, get rid of the cherries, use fresh figs to muddle on mm-hmm. the bottom and for the garnish. And you could use gold leaf and it would be stunning. Absolutely. Absolutely stunning. So, so that's was, our drink this week. How was your week? It's good. Yeah. Any any new developments on anything? No. Getting Just living live my life. <laughs> yes. Just getting ready for Easter. 
I did I've... find a really cute candy store on TikTok, and I ordered like an astronomical amount of candy. <laughs> um, I don't know why I've been into that lately. But, you I know, still like, want to order you those. Can't get here. Yeah, I still want to order those freeze dried candies. Oh, those ones I sent you, where the lady's chewing and it makes me want to die. Yeah, I don't have problems with chewing, but. Um, obviously you do Misophonia. but april sent me a tiktok of this girl chewing freeze-dried candy she got an etsy yeah yeah There's it looked so very much interesting it looked very interesting i'm like i would never think to buy like edible stuff on i'm etsy. like what are you an astronaut <laughs> <laughs> you need freeze-dried yeah what is this i mean i've had freeze-dried you know you can buy those little ice cream fruits. sandwiches oh i've never had those oh yeah kids love them i've gotten for my kids before for christmas and it's like Oh, we're going to outer space today. Get out your freeze dried ice oh cream, gosh. and then you crunch it on. And you're like, you know, this actually isn't bad. <laughs> it is <laughs> not bad. No, it doesn't oh. taste bad. You don't have to like reconstitute it in water. No, you just eat it like that. Mm-hmm. You got saliva, yo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Should I get into this week's episode? Yeah. So we're on part two. We're on part two. So if you have not listened to part one, please go back and listen to it, or don't. I really don't care. <laughs> I will just, you can just continue and listen to part two. Oh, we don't judge you either way. No. And you know what? Part one was a lot about the history of Julius Caesar and how we're accumulating to this point. Accumulation? Of his assassination. Um, so, you know, if you want some background, go listen to part one. I liked part one. I thought it was very interesting, and I didn't know a lot of that shit. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I thought it was great. I didn't really know a lot of the shit either. Um, so yeah, this has been fun research. And my source has not changed. I have not actually technically finished the book that I talked about in the last one, because it's long. But it is a very good book. And I go over, like... I mean, I sum up chapters of this book in like a paragraph oh yeah so if you guys are interested in this story and you want like a deeper professional historian (laughs) dive into this story that's not us drinking cocktails (laughs) so this book the death the death of caesar by barry strauss is written by a historian and professor of history and classics at cornell university it is available on audible oh okay i think it was 13 dollars that's a great price. Uh, and the narrator that says it, whatever, the guy who performs it, uh, isn't annoying. So that's always... Oh, that is always good. Always nice. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, sometimes I buy Audible books and I'm like, oh my god, this is like so hard to get through because the person who's reading is so... Annoying. Just drones on. Yeah. yeah. Um, just hard to listen to. So Especially when you have the ones where they're trying to do different characters... Like, I've always had a problem. Um, well, not a problem, but... Sometimes they're good. Sometimes, but it's like, when but you're yeah, listening... they have to be good, though. But when you're listening to a man do an audio, and he's trying to act like the woman part, or you're listening to a woman, and she's trying to act like the man part, it's like, yeah. I can never quite feel it where I should yeah. feel it. But when you have two people reading, then it's like, oh, now it feels real. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, which I, I have ever listened to an audible with two people. Reading. I have. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, this was a good one. So if you're interested in this kind of stuff, I highly recommend his version of it. I feel like it's more historically accurate than probably some other versions you're going to get. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. like I said in the last episode, this happened 2000 years ago, 2000 and some change years ago. So, uh, you know, things get lost. 
You think? It's basically an ancient <laughs> civilization, so... <laughs> Just in case you didn't you know, know. <laughs> the papyrus that they wrote on may not be oh, as yeah. intact as they, as we would prefer it to be. So I'll talk a little bit about that too. Okay. So today we're going to talk about the conspiracy to assassinate. Oh. And today's episode is all about betrayal, which is akin to the cocktail. Okay. So just to sum up, I do remember last time Cleopatra was in a rug. They unrolled her ass. <laughs> They got her yeah. some places. She's a queen. She Yeah, she is now with Julius Caesar. So, yeah, that was pretty short-lived. Okay. Like but that's a, where we ended, I think. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, And I'm just looking at last week's notes, like, see if there's anything in here. Oh, remember the pirate ransom? Yes. Yes, yeah. I remember that. Gangster. Um, yeah. I don't go through more of his marriages this episode. I just feel like didn't really mean anything. Yeah. So we like to get hitched. We know that. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Basically. And I actually, one of the things I don't talk about in this episode, which I maybe should have, I kind of left myself a note here that I didn't talk about it, is Mark Antony. Oh, yeah. He would sing songs to her? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not I know. Latin singer. Oh, okay. Um, so he comes up at the end of my episode. I feel like he was kind of. He was pivotal to her life. Who? Mark Antony. Whose life? Cleopatra? Maybe. Okay, just say it. Not really. Oh, okay. I thought he was. He was pivotal to the assassination of Caesar. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sort of. But didn't she marry him or something? I don't know. I didn't get that far. Maybe oh, she did. I thought that she was like, you know. They yeah, were I left Cleopatra at this part. Oh, you just left her yeah. in the dust. I don't know what fuck the fuck her. she's doing. We're moving on to Julius. Her brother shows up at the end of this. <laughs> We're not, this is not a podcast episode about Cleopatra. It's all good. No. Okay. All right. Tell me, tell me. Yeah. Her son shows up at the end of the episode. Got it. So, um, what Barry Strauss talks about in the book several times is the difference between Shakespeare's version and the version that he's looked at. Mm -hmm. So there's like three total versions, the historical ones, not the Shakespeare one, that have been pulled from over the years. And the problem with some of them that he's explaining is that um, some of them are biased because of the person who wrote them. So, like, oh yeah, one guy yeah. wrote a version. Well, he worked for the father of the king that was involved. Like, so there's kind of parts left out, right? And historical inaccuracies and exaggerations. So he kind of has read, he's taking all of them and looking at them as a broad picture. And, like, drawing conclusions from that. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So, um, one of the things that there's a controversy about is the actual conspiracy to assassinate. So, there are different stories about who initiated the conspiracy. In part one, I talked about Shakespeare, Shakespeare's version may, have not, may not have been as accurate as what is actually remembered or what actually happened. Um, because Barry Strauss is looking at the actual ancient texts. Mm-hmm. So, firstly, there are texts written by Cicero, um, and the letters from Cicero communicating with conspirators. Um, Cicero is considered one of Rome's greatest orators and prose stylists, and he accounted um, the assassination in his writings possibly only a week after it happened. Oh, okay. So, so pretty fresh in his mind, is what you're saying. But, um, also, Cicero was present when Caesar was assassinated, but his account is very brief. 
It's like a few paragraphs. Oh. Um, and it confirms some details, but may also exaggerate some because of his feelings about Caesar. Okay. So I'll come back to Cicero. Um, there were also coins made during the time. So I guess coins were a popular historical thing. And they have symbols or pictures printed on them that mean different things. I'm saying coins as like a, more like a souvenir than it is money. Oh, okay. That makes sense? Yeah. I can post some pictures of them, but they're mm-hmm. like... They weren't used for currency is what you're saying. Not necessarily. Um, it was kind of like a like a token, literally. Yeah. Um, so like throughout history, there are these coins that show up obviously in archaeological dig sites and stuff like that mm-hmm. where they're like, Oh, this must've mean, this must've meant this thing happened. They did them for like events and Oh, got it. Stuff like that. They're like, we won the war, you know, here's a, here's a coin coin with my face on it or whatever. <laughs> we liberated some shit. Here you go. <laughs> um, so some of the coins are telltale signs of what happened, which are compared to the stories um, there are also some archaeological remains in Rome that can confirm some of the historical details. Um, the assassination of Caesar was written about in memoirs by others and writings about the history of Rome, which was written uh, when the assassination may have still been fresh in people's memories. Mm-hmm. I will say that because it's like 50 years later, 100 years later. Yeah, 50 years still later. Still not first hand accounts. No, that's yeah. still not fresh. So there are only five detailed accounts of the conspiracy and the assassination, but most are biased, abridged, translated, etc. One of the accounts written by Nicholas, who was a Greek who worked for Augustus in later years. I'll get to Augustus later. Okay. Um, Augustus Octavian. Sounds familiar. He went by both names. Um, One of the accounts by Nicholas details that private grudges rather than public discontent were the reasons for Caesar's murder. So people had problems with him. Apparently. It wasn't necessarily the public. Yeah. It was like specific Personal relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There is an account written by Plutarch, who was a historian of later years who idolized Brutus, which is the story interpreted by Shakespeare. Oh, okay. So the Shakespeare adaptation was written after plutarch's rendition of the story um and the reason brutus that his story is the reason why brutus becomes the tragic hero in shakespeare's adaptation of the story like the quintessential tragic hero Mm -hmm. um so after assuming control of the government caesar began a program of social and governmental reforms including the creation of the julian calendar which you may be familiar with oh he created the month august Oh, smart. Um, He gave citizenship to, or maybe he just renamed them. I don't know. He gave citizenships to many residents of far regions of the Roman Republic. He initiated land reform and... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Uh, he He initiated land reform and support for veterans. He centralized the bureaucracy of the Republic and was eventually proclaimed dictator for life. Dictator Perpetuo. Self-proclaimed? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he just kind of made himself the dictator. Okay, nice. Um, and Mark Antony was appointed as his master of the horse or his second in command. Master of the horse. Yes. I like that. Um, so I'm going to talk about Cassius. He was a Roman senator. I'm going to kind of jump around to a bunch of different people, but it'll all accumulate at the end. <laughs> 
Um, he was once depicted by Cicero, the writer, that when angry, he was like the war god Mars, eyes flashing with courage. So he had kind of a temper. Oh. Um, Caesar called Cassius pale and lean. But Shakespeare took that description a bit further by adding he had a lean and hungry look, like a man who thinks too much. Mm. So you can imagine what that looks like. Yeah, I can kind of envision it. Um, He also said such men are dangerous. Mm. He was said to be dignified, determined, and proud. He was victorious in wars and taken very seriously. But he was also said to be greedy. Roman aristocrats looked down on commerce, but he would um, make, buy, and sell Syrian merchandise without any problem at all. So, I mean, I told you this before. They kind of thought it, he was, like, trash. I mean, they kind of looked down on him, like, you're because supposed to be... Because the aristocracy didn't trade, No, you said. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're like, you're a f- senator. You know, you're like a high-standing official in public government. So what if you need goods? You have someone else trade for you? Yes, you send your people. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, but he didn't really think anything of it. He was like, whatever, I guess I'll just... It's it's some one of those things that's really hard for us to wrap our heads around right. now. And but I back think, then it was a really big infraction. Yeah, and I think for him, um, because he is so proud mm-hmm. and like intense, I don't think he really gave a shit. Yeah, what the aristocrats thought, um, which I think sort of separated him and sort of isolated isolated him from the right fancy people anyway. Um. Cassius supported Pompey during the Civil War, um, but he and Caesar reconciled with the support of Cassius's brother-in-law, Brutus. Cassius hated the monarchy behavior that Caesar displayed and hated a concentration of power in general. Cassius was one of the few that voted against all of the special powers given to Caesar to give him more control. So, I mean, I guess technically they voted whether or not he could be the dictator, but it wasn't. Oh, I see. Yeah. I think there was probably a lot of pressure on that vote. Mm. Um, there usually is. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, voted against all of those, and he did so to try and defend the health of the Roman Republic, which at this point is totally fucked. Caesar was getting more powerful by the day. Um, Cassius also had aspirations to rise in the ranks of the government and public service, like his ancestors came from family of public service. Mm. Um, there were many philosophies that explain why Cassius had a hatred towards Caesar, but it seems to me like the death of a thousand cuts. Like it's just like one thing after another. Yeah. And Barry Strauss goes into this in the book of like a, just a huge list of infractions that are like seemingly minor. But they all add up like to sort one of big chess thing. plays, you know, mm-hmm. like men in government do, politicians do. Yeah. And it kind of, um, yeah, death of a thousand cuts. So Caesar broke promises to Cassius. He had promised him, like, positions and then gave them to somebody else. That kind of a thing. Um, Undercut his attempts to show strength or valor or took credit for them altogether. There was one story which seems so, like, out of touch with us. But there was one story where Cassius had, I don't know if he had captured or he had purchased lions to i don't know if it was to have them fight like gladiator thing or have them presented or basically he was just trying to be like the cool guy like i got these fucking lions okay and so caesar 
for lack of a better word, seized them from him. And we're like, look at these dope ass lions I brought. Oh, so like Caesar took credit? Yeah. Because he's like, I didn't have to travel anywhere. Like, I here's my lions. Right. And then Cassius is just standing there like, oh, those are my cool. lions, motherfucker. Yeah, that's cool. Like, <laughs> I was planning on, like, I put in the work to whatever, get these here. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that was just one of the stories he talked that about. That cinched it for him, I bet. The lion incident. <laughs> He's like, and the fucking lions. It's always about the lions. Uh, there was also a rumor floating around that Caesar had an affair with Cassius's wife. Oh, oh and that probably cinched it. <laughs> but this or maybe is, he was more upset about the lions. This is only gossip. <laughs> we don't actually know for sure if he did have an oh, affair. Oh, okay. But Caesar got around. He really ha- I mean, how many wives did he have? Four. Oh, okay. That's, I thought he had more, but still. But he... Had a lot of affairs, I think. Oh, yeah. He's a fucking dictator, right? Um, He can dictate whatever he wants. What we do know for sure is that Cassius loved Rome, and he would defend it even if that meant killing the ruler for the good of it. I'm going to move on to Brutus. Number two. Um, Although they think that Cassius had the idea to murder Caesar, he was unable to convince senators to turn on their leader. They had sworn an oath of loyalty and weren't willing to get in on the murder plot. Mm. The senators would only agree to the plot if Brutus was involved. If Caesar was king, Brutus was practically the prince. In the senators' eyes, it would take a king to kill a king. He Mm. had the authority and the connections that Romans respected. So I say king not that it was an actual monarchy, but basically Caesar's the king. In the public's eye. Yes. He had as much power. Yes. Or almost as much. Yeah. And he was idolized. Yeah. He was like their grand supreme, whatever. Um, Brutus was also rumored to be Caesar's son. Oh, dear. Although Caesar was never married to his mother, so it's unknown whether that was actually true. Okay. Caesar never confirmed it. Brutus never confirmed it. Well, I mean, they didn't get a DNA test? IDK. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) IDK. In ancient Rome. (laughs) Um, He had a public record of standing up for liberty and against dictatorship. His family had a history of tyrant slaying. And he be- he came from the original family who drove the kings out of the Republic in the first place. Brutus? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, he is known to say, he was known to have a saying that a man who committed murder for the good of the Republic was innocent. And I would think that is relative to war and not a coup, but mm. ideology is ideology. But yeah, I see what he's... Yeah, he's justifying that thought process. Yes, which I think when people are in war and they're actually killing people, they kind of need something well, to yeah. justify it. Um, I mean, obviously they're fighting for something that they love, or else they wouldn't probably wouldn't do it. Exactly. Um, but Brutus was admired and respected his whole life for his soundness of mind. So, Brutus is very like sure of himself. Okay. He's well respected. He's basically royal, not really, but. Kind of. Um, The senators also wanted Brutus involved because there was going to be a fallout after the assassination. Mm. Because there's like 800 senators. So they're like, fuck, when we kill Caesar, like, they're going to come after us. They're all going to come after us. And we're fucked. So um, they thought that Brutus had the leadership and credibility to keep them alive. If Brutus stayed loyal to Caesar after the assassination... Um, it would have completely ruined the conspirators and the public would have turned on them. Oh, yeah. So they, it had, 
Brutus has to come out and be like, no, I stand behind this decision. Yes. And then the public will be like, okay. He was, was a the shit right bag. To and do. the public's going to be like, okay, Brutus, yeah. you're right. Yeah. And Brutus was the best advocate for the conspiracy and the best safety net for the conspirators. Hmm. Um, there was a turning point for Brutus. So initially, there was seemingly nothing for Brutus to gain by killing Caesar. Caesar had appointed him consul, which is a high rank in the government. Mm-hmm. Um, their families were intertwined. He might be his dad. <laughs> um, and according to the ancient text, Brutus doesn't struggle with the decision to turn all that much. Oh, interesting. So, yes, he was concerned about the risks of killing Caesar, but not the morality of killing Caesar. So the Shakespeare version makes his inner battle of whether or not to kill someone he loves um it makes it absolutely agonizing quote unquote loves because you don't really know if he loved him per right se. um probably for the drama because shakespeare well duh. Uh, but also because the character of brutus is one of absolute ethics no ego mm. morally pristine i see when really brutus was multifaceted like we all are mm-hmm. no one is the picture perfect character and we're all self-seeking really and while brutus was all the good things he was he was also an opportunist and kind of an extortionist i see so yeah i like looked over some of the um spark notes for shakespeare because you know there's a million of like they teach it in every class so there's all these summaries of whatever and i mean they really do paint brutus like he's the epitome angel he's so torn about whether or not to kill caesar and it's like probably not so basically, more like like possible father, like possible son. <laughs> Maybe. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think he had a few nudges. I'll go over his nudges. Oh, okay. Um, so there was somewhat of a PR campaign set in motion, whether intentional or unintentional, we don't know, um, to try and convince Brutus to get on board with the conspiracy. And graffiti started appearing... On the statue of Brutus's famous tyrant slaying relative. So they have this guy in their history that like killed kings. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the tribunal where he sat with tags like Brutus wake up and you aren't really Brutus. There's some other ones but they don't quite make sense to me. Um, it's as if the Roman elite were taunting him to join. Oh, wow. But really, he had no idea if it was the Roman elite or if it was just regular plebs that were leaving the graffiti for him. Oh, he didn't, yeah. How would he know? Yeah. So, um, but the graffiti helped him to believe that there was a public support mm. for the assassination of Caesar and him joining the conspiracy. I see. And Cicero, the writer, wrote about Brutus. Um, he Cicero wrote like speeches and sort of like, not pamphlets, but writings for the people to enjoy mm-hmm. he wrote about brutus and how he could restore the public the republic um then there was brutus's wife portia which is such a good name that's a great i name. love the name portia um it's not hard to suspect that sorry it's hard not to suspect that she didn't nudge him in that direction as well mm. she is said to be the only woman who was in on the plot which i think is kind of badass well, and I feel like with the name Portia, you were probably just, like, fucking gorgeous, too. Oh, yeah. I just imagine her with, like, I don't know, long flowing hair and, like, a fucking toga and, I mean, like, yeah, gold shit all over her. <laughs> gold jewelry. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, since she's the only woman in on the plot, I mean, 
the deduction is she encouraged him to go that direction. Um, okay. So person number three, Decimus. Decimus played a central role in the conspiracy as well. So if Brutus was the heart of the conspiracy and Cassius was the head or the brain, Decimus was the eyes and ears. Oh. So Caesar loved and trusted Decimus. Oh. He was the only conspirator that was considered a close friend to Caesar. If anyone had agonized about whether or not to betray Caesar, it was Decimus, not Brutus. I see. Um, Decimus is misnamed in the Shakespeare as Decius. So kind of close. Mm. Um, and plays a very small role overall. Um, but he should have had more importance as he played a bigger role in the conspiracy than Brutus did. Basically, what we're saying is if you're going to do um, a history paper on Julius Caesar, don't base your information on Shakespeare Or the play. movie written after Shakespeare's play. <laughs> right. Um, so Decimus was their ace in the hole. He knew everything about Caesar, and he had consistent access to him. So on several occasions, Julius Caesar expressed how much he loved Decimus and that he loved him like a son. Decimus was named an heir in the second degree in Caesar's will. And was designated to become the guardian of any child Caesar would have. Oh, wow. Of which Caesar had many. They just were illegitimate. Oh, (laughs) they had no legitimate ones? Well, he had girls. Oh, got it. But I don't think that really counts back then. Mm -mm. They didn't give a shit about girls. Um, Roman historians interpreted this as sort of an adoption by Caesar. So Decimus was loyal to Caesar during the Civil War. Um, And he was trusted to command Caesar's troops during several war times and battles. Decimus would also, sorry, Decimus could also guarantee whether or not Caesar was suspicious at any time or had caught wind of the conspiracy because he was his friend. So he seems more like he treats him like a son. Yes. Or a brother, at least. Yes. Close friend. Yeah. Also, Decimus had a band of gladiators at his disposal, which protected the conspirators after the assassination took place. I want a band of gladiators at my disposal. So, um, Decimus is a pivotal part to the three of Mm. these getting together and creating this conspiracy. I could see some bitter betrayal coming. Yeah. Very, Um, very bitter. Most importantly, Decimus had Caesar's confidence. Without that, Caesar would have never attended his final Senate meeting. Mm. So Decimus' motives are also seem to be self-serving. While his family um, history suggests he should also want to fight against tyranny and for the Republic, he was ambitious and competitive. He wanted fame and greatness. He also took things personally, and he was very passionate. Um, I also think that... So Octavian, which I'll talk about at the end, is um, who Caesar left his throne to, mm-hmm. his actual adopted son, Oh, um, who's later known as Augustus. I think that Decimus maybe felt slighted by that. Oh, yeah. Because even though Decimus was named an heir in the second degree in Caesar's will, that's four people below. Right. So he's fourth in line in Caesar's will. I see. He's so, like, I should be numero uno. He's like, yeah, you love me like a son, but you don't treat me like a son. Yeah. Because Octavian ends up taking over. I see. So, yeah. So maybe he felt slighted by that. He might have. 
I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, as you can see, three people with personal reasons not loving the Republic or... Very personal reasons, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, so Brutus, Cassius, and Decimus start to recruit help for their assassination plan. Mm. They wanted to get enough senators to be able to pull off the assassination, but not so many that would it would get out and they would be stopped by Caesar's supporters before they had the chance to kill him. Apparently, secrets don't last long in Rome because there's fucking gossip all over the place. Well, that's how people communicated. Yeah. <laughs> um they and, still do <laughs> yeah and the people they recruited i'll go over like some of their qualities um but i thought it was kind of interesting that they didn't want old men and they didn't want young men oh because they, they wanted mid-level men yeah the three of them were in their 40s and they wanted men in their 40s interesting i don't know if they thought they were maybe like more trustworthy? not too old to not get in the way oh and not too young to like you know try to be a hot shot or yeah something? yeah exactly yeah. be extra but be a hot shot be extra <laughs> um so also they were on a time crunch so this whole thing started at the beginning of the year so think like january mm-hmm. um and caesar was set to leave for the apartheid war on march 18th oh so they kind so of I guess started the february, plan in january february um, because it left him about a month to plan the assassination. Oh, okay, I see. So, and I guess what they say is that Cassius went to go see his brother-in-law Brutus, and they basically, it was just a handshake. Like, it was just an agreement. They got Decimus in on the thing, and then it just became a thing. You want to kill him? I want to kill him. Shake. On yeah. It. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was over like a hug, they said. Oh. Yeah. Um, That's more than a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were brothers. Uh, the supporters of the assassination were in on it for serious and seemingly petty reasons also. Uh, some senators didn't like him because of the slow power transfer from the Republic to a one-person dictator. Mm-hmm. Obvious. Um, some of the supporters just liked the three guys who planned the thing in the first place, especially Brutus because of his family history. Yeah. And some didn't feel rewarded enough by Caesar. Yeah. They wanted more benefits than they got. Um, Also, some felt like Caesar was too soft on the former supporters of Pompey after the civil war, because like I said, in the last part, he had a history of pardoning his opponents and killing or sorry, he had a history of pardoning his opponents and his soldiers and civilians of Rome did not like that. Yeah. Like, their enemies were at war. They're killing our people. And now all of a sudden, are you we're pardoning cool. them? Yeah. Like, they're forgiven? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, a few of the senators wanted to assassinate him because they felt they would be better suited to take his place. And or some were jealous of the status he had achieved. Of course. His power, fortune, his talent. It made some people resentful. So, in the book, he talks a lot about jealousy. That, mm. like, that may be of bigger motive it's an age-old issue yes so on the ides of march which was march 15th 44 bc when caesar decided not to attend the senate meeting at the theater of pompey due to the concerns of his wife i guess his wife said don't go mm. he was persuaded to attend by decimus because maybe his, his wife be hearing some shit maybe or just intuition i don't maybe. know um, he was persuaded to attend by Decimus. 
his friend, who escorted him to the Senate House, and neatly evaded Mark Antony, who wished to tell Caesar of the assassination plot. Oh, so Mark Antony wanted to tell Caesar? Yes. Got it. Yeah. Um, he was, and he's like, Hey, I'm going to tell you something right now. Oh wait. I, I know the real Mark Anthony. Doesn't that's actually. the Jennifer Lopez he, one. Oh, that's the Jennifer Lopez version. Yeah. Um, so after Caesar was attacked by the first assassin, oh. Decimus and the rest of the conspirators attacked and killed him. Decimus and the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That's actually not funny. Oh my gosh. Well, that was funny, but not <laughs> the fact that he was being murdered is not funny. Um, in all, Caesar suffered approximately 23 stab wounds. Holy crap. And according to Ni- Nicholas of Damascus, which is one of the historians, Decimus struck him through the thigh. Oh. Um, the that assassins. Sucks. That's like his friend. It's his really his friend. I, I, that sucks. And I he knew him for that. so long. Like, if you trust him enough, like, oh, come to the place with us, everything will be fine. And you trust, that'd be like you telling me and then you murder me. Bro. I know. That's and not terrible. even just set you up to be murdered to actually participate. Exactly. He didn't yeah. just set it up. He like he actually participated. This is the You're bitter right. fucking betrayal. That's fucking bitter. Yeah. I need more bitters in my drink right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the assassins received an amnesty the next day issued by the Senate. Um, at the instigation of Mark Antony, Caesar's fellow consul. Mm. But the situation was not peaceful. Rome's population and Caesar's followers wanted to see the conspirators punished yeah the group decided to lie low and decimus used his grandeur of office to stay away from rome um the following year his adopted son octavian later known as augustus formed the second triumvirate with mark antony and marcus lapidus okay Following Julius Caesar's death, Cicero wrote and said some stuff about Mark Antony. Um, I guess he didn't like him. Uh, the series of speeches was called the Philippics, where Cicero attempted to rally support against Mark Antony. It was convincing enough, and the army went after Mark Antony, but the commander was killed in battle. When that happened, the army was then turned over to Octavian, who formed the second triumvirate with Mark Antony. Oh, okay. That's like the middle part. Well, if Mark Anthony was aligned with Julius Caesar originally, it yeah. makes sense. And also Octavian was his grand nephew. Oh, everyone's related. Yeah. It's it's like what is it? Six degrees of separation from Kevin <laughs> from Bacon. Caesar, but this is Julius, Julius Caesar. Caesar. <laughs> um Cicero was decided to be an enemy of the state and was executed by soldiers in forty three BC after having been inter- intercepted during an attempted flight from the Italian peninsula. Not an actual flight. He was just running away. Um, his severed hands and head were then, as final revenge of Mark Antony, displayed on the Rostrata, which was a large platform or stage Great. where people delivered speeches in Rome. Yikes. That's some serious fucking hatred. That's terrible. Um, and just the last little tidbit of information. Um, Caesarion which is Caesar's son we talked about in the first part. Yeah. Um, the last king of Egypt's Ptolemy dynasty ruled together with his mother until Octavian, Augustus, had him killed on the 23rd, sorry, yeah, the 23rd of August, 30 BC. But why? I don't know. They're fighting. 
<laughs> Everyone's always fighting. He was Egypt's sole ruler for the 11 days between Cleopatra's death and his own. Oh, wow. I thought that was kind of interesting. That is very interesting. That's all I got. Wow. That was I'm the last so, I'm... 45 minutes of my Caesar story. <laughs> no, that was really good, though. And you know what? There is more. There's a lot more well, to the story. Well, go read the book, peeps. But go read the book. Go listen to the book. Yeah, I love listening to books. If like you don't want to read, I totally get it. And I think the whole book is like eight hours and 15 minutes. Like, it's not that long. That's not bad. No. Yeah. One day at work, you could get through it. And, you know, I'm sure that I have read or seen the the Shakespeare play before, but I really didn't remember it at all until you started talking about it. Yeah. You know. I think it's just, and because the historian is so, like, adamant about talking about Caesar, or, um, Shakespeare's version. Yeah. That I think it, like, really bothers <laughs> <laughs> I think like, it really bothers it's him. It's not historically accurate, people. No. It's driving me crazy. Yeah, and like, why are you making Brutus this, you know, end-all, be-all person of all godliness and pristineness? Right. When really he was just a regular douchebag like the rest well, of Well, and I feel like most people might know the history of Julius Caesar basically because of that play. Yes. So that makes sense. And also, I wanted to figure out how to play that Mean Girls club. Did you ever see Mean Girls? I don't know. Oh, maybe I can find it. And play I, it. I feel really stupid saying that I don't think that that's I've okay. Seen it. I've read. I've read it. I've watched it because uh, I know it, it's like a cult favorite. Oh, but... I like have it here. Okay, we'll play it. Can so, play it? the Mean Girls. I mean, people who are listening that have seen Mean Girls, you know this, but they're like this um, group of Mean Girls in high school. Yeah, and one of them is like the leader. I know that Lindsay Lohan's in it. And they wear yes, pink on Wednesdays. I know all of that. <laughs> so Regina George is like their leader. She's their Caesar. Oh. So they're studying Caesar in school. And one of the girls that gets like sort of dismissed by the, the group. air quote Caesar um, gives this speech in her class when she's talking about Caesar. Oh. And it's pretty funny. Well, maybe you can insert it here. I'm just going to play it. Oh, yeah. Okay. See if it works. around like a giant while the rest of us try not to get smushed under his big feet. What's so great about Caesar? Brutus is just as cute as Caesar. Okay, Brutus is just as smart as Caesar. People totally like Brutus just as much as they like Caesar. And when did it become okay for one person to be the boss of everybody, huh? Because that's not what Rome is about. We should totally just stab Caesar! <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> I love it. You could have just played that clip and that would have been our show. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. I love it. That is funny. He's now I feel like I need to go watch it and so I, I can that say movie. that I watched it. I love it. I think everyone loves it. But also, can I just say something about Kevin Bacon? <laughs> Since <laughs> I brought it up. Is it about his tic- newfound love of TikToks? Yeah. And his popcorn? How do you know? Because I just saw it this morning. Did you see I commented? No. Oh my God. I'm sorry, guys. Please go follow Kevin Bacon's TikTok. <laughs> he is literally the, the cutest. Mustache. He's literally the cutest human on the planet. And he's so funny, but like, he's so dry. Yeah, it's almost like borderline <laughs> creepy. But he's so good. Yeah, I it's funny. Him. I've always loved Kevin Bacon, but he's just so funny. And I've always loved his relationship with his wife because I absolutely adore his wife too. Who's his wife? Kira Sedgwick. 
They've been married for years and years and years and years, and she is also a bomb ass actress. Oh, the blonde one. She's so good. Yeah, I like her. She was in this show called she has The Closer. Like the, yeah, she has the southern accent. Not for real. Oh, it's just it's the just closer. for the show. Yeah, no, but they are literally the cutest, most down to earth, cutest couple ever. And anyway, that's all I want to say. I can <laughs> go Bacon. watch Kevin Bacon's TikTok. <laughs> His popcorn one was so cute. Go watch the popcorn. Yeah, he one. calls it Walk Pop. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, oh, we're watching, uh, tonight's we're watching movies starting with F. Do you guys want to watch Footloose? And they're like, no. You want to watch Flatliners? No. It's like all the ones that he's in. <laughs> Friday the 13th? No. <laughs> so cute. But it's like fake nose from the corner. It's totally fake. Not really his family. <laughs> it's very cute. That's funny. And then there was like this rogue popcorn that like flew up into the screen. And I was like. Oh, oh yeah. That was impressive. How the fuck did he do that? I don't know. He didn't even notice it happened. Okay. I can just have a whole episode. I'm talking about Kevin Bacon and TikToks. <laughs> there actually is a podcast. Called Six Degrees of Separation with Kevin Bacon. Are you serious? Yeah. I've never listened to it. I don't know if it's about Kevin Bacon or Kevin Bacon's in it. I literally have no idea what it is. I just know that his name's in it. Okay, well, I'm obsessed with him. He's adorable. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and go watch our TikToks. Oh, yeah. Go watch our TikToks. Yeah, the us. <laughs> Killer Spirits at Killer Spirits Pod. Yeah, we'll put our drinks on there and it's really fun. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Tell them where else to find us. Oh, you can email us if you'd like to reach out about a story you want to hear or a cocktail you would like to make have us make. Yeah. Um, at KillerSpiritsPod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at KillerSpiritsPod. You can find us on TikTok, KillerSpiritsPod. We are our Patreon is patreon.com slash killer spirits pod. That's us. That's us. Thank so you guys reach out so and much. say what's up. Make your fig drink. Yeah, make your fig drink. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye. Bye.